0: Very happy to be with you in this Church of St. Paul. I want to welcome all my brother priests. I especially want to welcome Father Laramie, who is a Jesuit priest in charge of the apostleship of prayer, and uh, Father Daly, who is an oblate of St. Francis de Sales. They will be amongst our speakers today. A year ago or so, uh, I remember seeing this Congress advertised on uh, Father Wilson, the pastor here, uh, his Facebook page. And I shared it with all my parishioners as well and encouraged them all uh, to come. Uh, It seems strange to be here now as the Bishop of the Diocese of Columbus in this church where I was consecrated as Bishop. But from the beginning of my life, it seems like devotion to the Sacred Heart was a part of my life. Uh, In, from the beginning to to now, As a child, uh, my parents taught us the morning offering. Each of us had a picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus taped next to our bedside and on the backside were the 12 Promises of the Heart of Jesus. The picture I had by my bedside until I became Bishop of Columbus, I continued to move from place to place and tape uh, next to my bed. We We enthroned the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart in our own home and it stood in my parents' house Uh, And until one month ago, uh, on this day when my mother died, the Feast of St. Faustina, who also promoted the heart of divine mercy, uh, those pictures remained uh, in my mother's living room. From the beginning to the end, it seems like the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the mercy that flows from it have been with me. In these days I think often of my parents not only because today is the month's mind for my mother but also because at my father's death my sister-in-law took a picture just before my father died maybe a day before and it showed my parents hands joined together and it simply said below it grateful God made a marriage with humanity in his beloved son in our first reading from the book of Deuteronomy we heard how God set his heart upon his people. He chose them because they were the smallest of the people, not because of any merits of their own. And he heard their cries. God too hears our cries in our suffering, in our sinfulness, in our weakness, in our littleness, and he comes to our aid. And we should be grateful for the tender mercies that flow from the Sacred Heart of Jesus. From the beginning to the end of our life, we experience this mercy. From the time of our baptism, which is a great outpouring of God's mercy, we are reminded that Jesus' heart was pierced with a lance at his passion, and blood and water flowed out. Water for the sign of baptism and new life, which he offers, blood for the sacrifice, the blood of redemption, and the Holy Eucharist, which we also receive, usually from our childhood on. Yes, from the beginning of, to the end of our life, we receive grace upon grace. I remember when I was first ordained a priest, my parish church in Cincinnati was Sacred Heart of Jesus. And so I had a mass of thanksgiving there at Sacred Heart. And uh, afterward there was a reception, and the sons of the Sacred Heart came to the reception. uh, And uh, one of them, uh, an old timer, he put $20 in my hand, and he said, and as he's shaking my hand, oh, Father, we're with the sons of the Sacred Heart. It's good to see a good young priest. Father, do you know any Latin? I said, sure, I took four years of Latin. I was taught by the Oblates of St. Francis de Sales. And he says, good, because we have a 6 a.m. mass down at Old St. Mary Church uh, in Latin uh, next uh, Saturday, uh, and uh, would you, would you uh, do it for us? Actually, he said, it's on Friday night. We do all night adoration, and then we have a Saturday morning six o'clock mass, so if you could expose the blessed sacrament for us, and be there for Mass, that'd be all right. You're such a good young priest with the $20 in my hand. And so what could I do? But I went. But during my seminary days, I had been stationed at this church, Assumption. And there was a young man in that parish who was 19 years old who had a tumor, a brain tumor. And he was at Christ Hospital dying of the tumor. I knew his parents very well. And so I thought, well, I could do that 6 a.m. mass and then stop up at the Christ Hospital and anoint him and visit with him. And so I did, and I was very bleary-eyed, and I went into the hospital, I went up the elevator, and the first people I saw were his grandparents and his mother said, his grandmother said, oh, Father, please don't let my grandson die. And then I walked into the hospital room and his parents were there, and they looked at me, again, with tears in their eyes, And I walked over, at this point, the young man could not speak, and I said, "Uh, Brian, uh, this is Father from Assumption. Um, uh, And he nodded his head, and I said, "Um, I want you to think of all the sins of your life. Are you sorry for your sins? If you are, squeeze my hand. And he squeezed my hand and I gave him absolution, the apostolic pardon. And then that night we had the parish festival, Uh, which had a big heart on it, and said the heart of it all was the theme that year. And we had the mass and then he died shortly after. That is how I began my ministry as a priest, in awe and wonder of God's mercy, forgiveness, and tenderness. He will not abandon us. And then I began to think of many things that my parents taught us as a child, as children. My father would have us meditate often on the gospel passage which we heard. Come to me all you who are weary and find life burdensome and I will refresh you. Take my yoke upon your shoulders and learn from me for I am meek and humble of heart and your souls will find rest for themselves for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My father would say, You boys, you see, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But when he had to carry his cross, he fell three times. His burden was not so easy. That was the burden of our sins. But then he would say to us, but no, he got back up. You must persevere. You have to keep getting back up. In our journey of faith, nothing is ever easy. But we have to keep persevering in our faith. I saw that in my father who suffered greatly. He was an amputee, he lost his leg and lived with one leg for 10 years. My mother, I saw her suffer too in the flesh with Parkinson's, unable to walk the last few years of her life and in the last 10 days, unable to swallow. And yet she received the sacraments with clear mind before her death. They persevered because they believed that everything Jesus told them, including the promises that he revealed to Saint Margaret Mary, were true. They trusted in God's faithfulness to them, even when they had not always been faithful to him. We too could learn to persevere, especially in our trust of God. Many years after my ordination, I was the dean of the seminary in Cincinnati. And I was uh, very busy on Sundays. I was taking two masses at a mega church like St. Paul's, right across the street from the seminary. and. Uh, there was a woman there who was at Mass. I realized that she didn't go to communion, uh, and she came to me after Mass and said, oh, Father, could I, could I come and see you? And I, and I said, well, you know, I, uh, could I come tomorrow? I said, well, I, my schedule's really full. Um, I have about a half an hour in the evening, maybe an hour, but you have to come after 7.30, trying to make things difficult so she'd just beg off. Um, <laughs> but she said, can you write your phone number down? So I wrote my phone number down, uh, and wouldn't you know it, um, she called back the next day. And so she came and She said, I'm gonna bring my sister too. And I thought, uh-oh, it went from an hour to two. <laughs> but they wanted to talk. She said, well, Father, you're young and you smile a lot. And I, I, I don't know how to say this, but I came to Mass for the first time uh, in, about 40, in about 40 years yesterday. And my sister, I told her all about you, and so she, she's here with me. She said, Father, back around 1968, it wasn't legal or anything, um, but both of us had abortions. And it was a terrible burden. And I just felt until this weekend I couldn't even go back to church. Jesus in our gospel says, Come to me, all you who are weary and find life burdensome and I will refresh you. And so she began to tell her story about how the man she loved had abandoned her, how she felt she had no choice and how she carried this terrible shame. And her sister was right next to her and she said, Father, my story's almost exactly the same. And I said, well, look, uh, we have a chapel here. Why don't, you, um, why don't you come on down to the chapel uh, and we could go to confession. Uh, you could go to confession. I said, you can go face to face or behind the screen. Uh, and they said, face to face, what's that? And I explained to them how you could go anonymously or behind the screen. And one sister said, well, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna do what mom told me. And uh, the other one said, uh, uh, I'm gonna try something new this time. And so each of them, we walked down to the chapel and each of them received the sacrament. And I told them, just wait there in the front row afterward um, you can receive communion, uh, and, uh, and one of them said, uh, and I said, you can receive communion on the tongue or in the hand, however you prefer, and they looked at me and said, in the hand, what's that? And then I, I explained that, and one of them said, well, I think I'll try that, and the other one said, mom didn't teach us that, I don't think I'll try that. <laughs> but then I brought them communion, and they had smiles on their faces and tears in their eyes. And they said to me, Mom would be so proud. Come to me all you who are weary and find life burdensome and I will give you rest. Mercy flows from the heart of Jesus. The Eucharist is a great gift of generosity, the sacrament of charity. We might carry our burdens for a long time. We might feel a great deal of shame, tremendous pain but we do not have to carry that burden forever. We must persevere in our journey of faith, for there is no sin that is greater than the love and mercy of God, no weakness that cannot be overcome by the power of God that flows from the heart of his beloved Son. His power is not found in force. We see his true power at Calvary There, he is stripped of everything. He is stripped of his friends, he is stripped of his clothing, he is stripped of all his relationships, except for that with his mother, who stands faithfully at the foot of the cross. And it's precisely there at the moment of the weakness that he is saving the whole world. Even at the cross, he says to the good thief, my son, you will be with me this day in paradise. How great are the mercies, how powerful the mercy of the heart of Jesus. I was looking back at my calendar and it was December 6th of 2020, Uh, and I remember the day very well. It was Saint Nicholas's day. In the past, I had dressed up as Saint Nicholas and put stockings outside people's doors filled with chocolates and things. I used to do this as the dean of the seminary till seminarians started to complain. Oh, we're allergic to nuts. Oh, we're allergic to chocolate. Couldn't, Couldn't Santa bring us something better? I began learning how to play the violin so i could play my heart bleeds for you on the world's smallest violin (laughs) however on december 6th i had mass i had uh mass for first friday uh, first saturday of the month then i which had been preceded by two hours of adoration i had three hours of confession in the afternoon because it was uh it was uh advent and it was time uh, the time of covid and we had to distance still then i had uh, a vigil mass and i was pretty tired i thought it's probably be time to eat something today and i went back to the sacristy having had mass and i had five missed calls all from the chaplain at the big hospital next door and i was one of the cha- priests authorized to go into the hospital so I listened to the message of the chaplain and they said, oh, there's a man, Greg, and they gave me his last name. And I said, well, I better go. He said he wants confession and communion, I'll go. But I said, I wonder, I knew a guy by the same name at at my pastoral internship parish. I wonder if it's the same guy. This fellow, Greg, had been head of the youth group. He and his wife, Betty, ran the ring toss booth at the festival and I had helped them with that, um, trying to get people to buy tickets and waste their money in support of the church. And sure enough, I went into the hospital room and I said, Are you Greg from Assumption? And he got tears in his eyes and he says, Yeah, Earl, I am. He I said, oh, I should call you Father now. I said, I haven't seen you in 20 years. I said, But I thought about you every day. And he said, Really? And I said, Yeah, for ordination, you and Betty gave me those 19th century uh, pictures of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Uh, I have them above my bed. I've looked at them every single day. Even when I was at the nunciature, I would lay in bed, and I had a mirror opposite my bed, and I could see them. Uh, all this time, I've thought about you. I had heard that he and Betty had divorced. I had heard that uh, Greg had not been faithful to his marriage, that he had abandoned her and her son, and that he had remarried. And he looked at me, and he immediately began to cry. And he said, Father, I haven't been the same person. I did this, and I did this, and I did this. He said, and then my second wife died. And I got so mad at God, and I, he said, I don't know why she died, I don't know why all this happened. And he had diabetes, and he said, and then I lost my legs. And I said, well, I said, you know, the reading tonight was from Isaiah. And he said, comfort, comfort my people. And so God sent a priest to comfort you with his sacraments. And Jesus' heart is full of comfort and mercy, so why don't we celebrate the sacraments? And so he confessed his sins and received Holy Communion, and as he received Communion, again, the same reaction as the two women. He got tears in his eyes and a big smile on, my face, on his face. And then I... Um, I uh, Asked him a few questions about how his son, Alex, was doing, and he was almost 21. And uh, I was about to leave, and I said, well, I'll stop back in the morning. I'll check in on you. I'll make sure the chaplain knows to bring you communion, and I'll get you on the list. And he says, well, Father, do you have a rosary? And my mother always used to say, carry a rosary in your pocket. Uh, But I forgot mine that day. But I said, I know where I can get one. On the second floor in the chapel, they have a box of rosary, I'll go get one. He says, good, because I like to pray the rosary as I go to bed, and I usually have a miraculous medal or a medal of the Immaculate Heart on it, and I like to hold that in my hand when I go to bed. And so I went and I got him a, a rosary, and I put it in his hand, uh, and he smiled and I said, I'll see, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow, Father, I'll see you tomorrow. Well, the next morning, I had a 6.30 morning mass, and so, I was telling people this story. I changed my homily. I uh, was telling people this great story of God's mercy. Comfort, comfort my people. And, uh, And I told it again at 8.30 mass. Then uh, I took a little break and I got a message on Facebook Messenger from his wife Betty saying, oh Greg told me uh, you came and visited him. He was so happy he and I were messaging each other last night uh, reminiscing. Um, He told me you brought him the sacraments and said it's a good thing too because I also got a call this morning that he went home to the Lord. I do not know why God sent me there that night except that it, was, it says in the book of Deuteronomy, He has set His heart upon you, upon you His people, upon you as individuals. He does not forget you. He loves you. You belong to Him, and He will do anything to save you, and He will go anywhere to save you, and He will send the poorest of priests to your bedside if you honor his heart. It's full of the treasures of the riches and knowledge of God. Many years ago, I did a retreat with a Jesuit father, Carl Mayle. He wrote a book on uh, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and he looked at all the Wednesday audience of Pope John Paul II, and how he would talk about the heart of divine mercy and how the Sacred Heart of Jesus and how these two were really one in the same hearts. Father Mayo said, and I told him that when we were children during June, we prayed the, the Sacred Heart Rosary and the Litany of the Sacred Heart. And he said, pray the Litany of the Sacred Heart and pray it once by saying, have mercy on us. He said that, but then pray it a second time. And instead of saying, have mercy on us, say, show us the joy and delight of your heart. Perhaps this morning, that might be our prayer. O most sacred heart of Jesus, show us the joy and delight of your heart.